Welcome to this week's In the Money Players Podcast. I am not PTF. I am Spencer Luganbuehl. And on today's show, Matt Bernier talks the Belmont pick six. Matt Kvay-Bolgi stops by to talk the Lone Star late pick four with help from Rice Lens. Drew Coatney goes over the Woodbine late pick four. And I have Nick Tamaro talking early pick five from Monmouth Park. All that and much, much more on this week's episode. And my next guest on the In The Money Players podcast, glad to have Matt Bernier on to talk pick six at Naira, a.k.a. Belmont. Matt, how are you today? I'm good, Spencer. It's um, I'm looking forward to talking about this sequence with you because I think it's a really intriguing one where maybe there are a couple of spots you can get super narrow, but mm-hmm. I think there are a handful of races that, you know, throw it against the wall and you can get a different outcome 10 different times. I think for me, it's it was more of just interesting spots, especially with the turf races. I think there's some interesting ways you can go, but I'm pretty slim starting out. But let's start out with that race. First race being race number five from Belmont Park, a state-bred N1X allowance, seven furlongs on the dirt. For me, I don't want to try and get too crazy, especially just when there's a three-to-five shot. Listen, I know it was a slow pace last time and was, was a favorite, one by eight. The 75 buyer fits really well in this spot. I just think Finkel's Cave is just a nice, easy single to start off for David Donk, who I can't remember ever seeing him above 25%, so he's off to a really, really good start so far. Yeah, for me, it's as simple as single Finkel's Cave and move on. I, I thought she was really spectacular in her debut, breaking the maiden at first, asking a little bit of a tight spot down the backside, uh, pinched back, angled out into the clear, and basically just blew the doors off of, you know, to be fair, not a great field, but the fourth-place finisher was the next out winner on turf for the 55 buyer. Um Put it this way, she won so impressively that I, I'm not convinced that she won't find herself in a New York Red Stakes race in her next start, assuming she goes on and does what I think most people expect her to do on Saturday. I would even say as well, just for this one, having that slow pace up front, sometimes the buyers get elevated. This one come back and really run like a 70 here, and I think still win by open lengths as well. Let's move on to race number six, a maiden special weight, one on one miles on the inner turf course. I kind of feel like I'm wide open in this race. How are you in this one? Well, uh, initially I went through and I said, well, I don't really want the Chad Brown horses. But then again, I went back and said, yeah, I'd be a fool to sit here and say, don't take the Chad Brown horses on turf in New York. So I think the two beachfront bid makes sense. I think the four in here vagaries. Uh, again, I don't love either of them, but I think you have to use them at least defensively, especially if you've got some kind of an interesting idea down the road. Uh, Felicity, I thought was a little intriguing for Bill Mott. First time starter Rosario takes them out. The pedigree, there's a little bit there on the bottom side. Arrowgate, the data size, I, I, to me, the sample's too small to really draw major conclusions from. Not the flashiest start, uh, and unfortunately, we won't see much as far as Arrowgate is concerned, simply because it was untimely uh, passing. But I, I just thought that was an interesting spot. Rosario first out of the box, going long for Mott and Judmont. Uh, but the horse I was most interested in is Libretto, the three. Uh, goes out for Jorge Abreu, who's paired up by her tops of 73 in the first two starts. Uh, they take the blinkers back off. I think we're going to get a forward move, hopefully up into maybe the low 80 range. I think that's competitive in here with a horse that I don't expect to be the favorite. So I guess I'm probably going to go two, three, four, five, but I would, I'm going to tier it sort of ABC. Um, libretto would certainly be getting the lion's share. Uh, the three being an A, and then if you want to do the, a, the B's and C's, what else are we looking at here? I mean, uh, it, basically, I typically would go like an A and C kind of method. I don't get too cute with the B's. Uh, yep. My backups would be the two 
the four and the five. But again, depending on your budget, if you're someone who has a lot to throw at this, I think you make the Chad's A's and maybe your sort of flyer or your, your funny idea is Felicity the five. For me, I'm, I'm, I'm five deep in this race, three A's, two B's. We'll start off real quick. I just think like beachfront bid, I'm kind of the same way you are. How many times are we going to get beat by a Chad? <laughs> like, Let's toss the Chad's and they end up coming back to win. Uh, the two is going to be one of the A's for me, beachfront bid. Just the last couple of races, slowly declining buyers, but still consistent enough that I don't want to get beat by this one. Manny Franco and Chad are 34% with a $3 ROI. I think Vega is for me is going to be the B. A little bit less on the buyer scale. Pratt is going to tank the money pretty much. So I, I would like the higher price Chad to be the one. If I got to back up with this one, that's fine. Uh, with Bells on, Jose Lezcano, Todd Pletcher. For me, Jose Lascano still, for how many title for the couple titles he's won, is still one of the most underrated turf riders in the country. And the 75 last time out, I think we maybe we see a forward step here stretching out a little bit more. Um, the other B I'm going to add is get respect. Dylan Davis, 63 buyer last time out for Barkley Tag. We see 10 point increases all the time, second time out. This is the one I want at 15 to 1. I'm going to use this one everywhere vertically as well. Exact as tries. This is kind of like the, the board horse for me of this race let's move on to race number seven but fifty thousand and two l seven furlongs on the widener matt how are we going to get through this middle part of the sequence i, I guess an a for me in here would be the five vocalized goes out now first off the claim for bonnie lucas's barn i thought the most recent run breaking the maiden at the 40 claiming level was solid enough i think a replica of that effort gets the job done in here um I, the problem for me with some of the other horses in here that are going to take money i just i don't love uh, Brazilian air from a numbers standpoint makes sense. I, I'm not in love with horses that run second or third, seven times from 11 lifetime starts is only mm -hmm. one victory. Um, if you really wanted to get cute and I, I'm not going to just keep saying, I think this horse makes sense. This one makes sense. I think you could just keep going on and on. Um, 63 S down on the inside. If you're looking for a bomber, you know, a horse that's going to get lost in the shuffle is going to be at least that 15 to one morning line. I would think if not higher than that, um, you know, has only been on turf one time, but they've wanted to run this horse on grass in three of the four lifetime starts. The last two have come off. Uh, this one actually broke the maiden on an off the turf race. I, I just, and granted the, the turf try was nothing to write home about, but to me, I'm always intrigued by horses that have been doing things that the connections haven't really wanted them to do and still have success. And that's what 63 S is. So in a race where most of the weight would go on vocalize the five, I just thought the one was an intriguing ad if you're looking for a bomber as a backup. In all the books by Kramer, he always talks about the lesser of evils race where you have five horses who maybe are 0 for 32 on dirt. Maybe one of their horse in the race to try it once. What's so bad about taking that horse? Yep. I, I, I'm four deep in this race. I think going early with the early signal kind of made me decide to do this. I thought Ginsu Warrior going off at 11 to 1 last time out. Listen, didn't hit the board, but I think a lot of people see that six and instantly cross it out like a bad race. It was within three lengths. Three lengths. Good enough for me in this kind of spot in the level. Th Thomas Morley in turf sprints, positive ROI, 16%. See, the reason why I'm taking Brazilian air, Javier Castellano. I believe last year, him and Jose Lascar were the only two with positive ROIs on turf due to uh, race lens. I, I like these two guys. I think the 79 last time out, Linda drops. The horse runs fine for a third. I think the claiming of Tom Morley definitely going to help this one out. My top pick, though, is going to be the six ghostly prince. Uh, the 71 last time out, plus the nice little bullet workout from Michelle Hemingway. Definitely one I want to include. I'll go over vocalize real quick. I just don't want the trainer switch. I know it's 3-1 in, 
Pratt, which I think, again, you know, I don't think whoever you put in in the barn is going to help the horse as much here coming off the Todd Pletcher barn. Pratt, I think, will take you know maybe a couple points here on the odds, maybe get down to two to one. Not one that I want to use. The last one I'm going to use is the seven cousin Andrew. Just kind of fits well. 79, 78, and 72 on the buyers for Linda at the three out of the last four. So for me, it's going to be six, seven, four, and the three. And I'm going to try and fade vocalize here in one of the middle legs. Let's get on to the race. Everyone wants to talk about here. It's race number eight from Belmont Park. The Mother Goose, grade two, 116 miles on the dirt. Kind of a short field, but I was really excited about this race. How are we going to get through this like Matt? Yeah, like you say, not not a giant field. We've only got five that are going to go. Um, I, I guess for me, maybe I'm I'm not giving the other fillies in here enough credit, but I've loved her since she was early on as a two-year-old. I loved her in the Breeders' Cup. I don't think she was disgraced, uh, but she was no match for Echo Zulu. And I thought her return effort was good. I like Juju's map in here. And yes, she's going to be odds on. And no, she doesn't have a tremendous edge or, in fact, any real edge on numbers. But I'm of the opinion that we are still yet to see her best. I think... She needed that run at Churchill, and look, she went off and won by nearly five lengths. She set what was a relatively swift pace with the internal splits. If you take a look at Time Form US, I think she moves forward in here. The one-turn mile on the 16th doesn't bother me. And, and again, her only two defeats, I thought she looked really good in the debut going five and a half. That's a distance that's too sharp for her. And then she lost to Zulu, who's the best we were in the country last year. So I'm not holding those against her. She's run good races each and every time. I think she fits in here. Yes, she's probably three to five or four to five. And purely on, if you're betting the race to win, I think she's a bad play. I don't think she offers any real value there. But in a situation like this, I think she is the most likely winner. And I'm going to key around here. I'm going to key uh, Juju's map. I, I think for me, when I looked at this race, I was like, okay, cool. Short field. Can't go too deep. Even even too deep makes me feel, feel kind of queasy. I, I'm going to try and beat the favorite here. I'm going to go with Venti Valentine. Jorge Abreu having a terrible meet 6%. I just wonder two for two at Belmont, obviously just missed in the gazelle two back ran in the Oaks. Didn't run that well. Listen, the Oaks is the same to the Derby as me. They prep these horses for this one specific race. Some of them just don't run well. Someone's got to finish dead last or back half of the field. I, I want this one. Jose has been running pretty well of late. I think that the most interesting thing for me is the fact that, like I said, two for two at Belmont. Listen, the favorite here, Juju's map can ship wherever. Obviously you can see that in the PPs, I just can't take two horses in this race. I want to get, try and get a little bit of value here with the two Venti Valentine. Let's move on to race number nine. It is a 25,000 claimer. One was one and eighth miles on the inner turf course. How are we uh, getting through this race number nine, Matt? Uh, I'm four deep in here. And I feel like if you are like me and you like big agenda, you have to kind of by default like Grand Journey, just simply because uh, the two of them put on a, a show for the length of the stretch, basically, in their most recent run at Belmont. Uh, Big Agenda was the one that came out on top. I thought they were both dead game. Big Agenda got a little goofy with leads, but that was because I think predominantly he was between horses. Um, but my point is, if you like one, you kind of have to like the other. They're both among the more likely winners. Two other horses that I want to include. One of them I'm not in love with, but I think Takafumi, you've at least got to give a look. This is a horse that from day one, Basically, you know what you're going to get. You're getting a high 70 or an 80 buyer speed figure. Mm -hmm. uh, that may be good enough. I think probably does need to find a little something. But Jose is attracted to take them out here and maybe against a little bit uh, lesser as far as class is concerned. Nine to two, not thrilled with that. Maybe you float up a little bit. If you're looking for a, a bit of a bomber or a flyer on a horse that could be a backup if you're playing uh, with the C's. I think Smile Brian, uh, maybe if you just want to draw a line through that most recent run. I know that was a claimed effort. 
Uh, Bruce Levine's going to get a hold of this one for the first time. But breaking from the far outside, going a mile at Belmont or a mile and a 16th, it's a very, very difficult position to be in. This horse was rushed up and just really bottomed out as we got to going into the far turn. If you want to look at that and say the effort was too bad to to support again, I'm not going to argue with you, but we're not talking about a three or four to one shot. We're talking about a horse that's going to be 15 or 20 to one. And this one has races on the page that are good enough to be competitive at this level. So um, if you're looking, if you have the ability to, as far as your uh, budget is concerned, to go a little deeper, I would include the six mile Brian at the price. I love the fact that you brought in Takafumi into your idea. I, I think, too, with the specific class level, it's 25,000. It's Horses are dropping in from allowance, like even some listed stakes. It's you kind of get every type of horse on the backstretch in this type of race. Takafu was not going to be my top pick, but I just thought the race two back in the allowance, I thought was perfectly fine. Had a fast pace to run into, ends up on a slow pace, but was off the turf last time. Kind of just disregard that race. I definitely want to add it nine to two. And I think when you know you've only won your one race at this distance, kind of has to be one that you add. If I had Grand Journey and I wasn't going to use big agenda but you've kind of talked me into it at this point the reason i like grand journey again uh canter mossy's 30 percent. i think he's one of the most underrated guys on the backstretch coming from maker it's kind of hard to say you know oh how much more can they improve the horse i don't know if this one really needs improvement off an 86 86 seems pretty strong in this race i thought the one underneath that jack the cat at 10 to 1 with samuel aboard they just wanted this class of the last time out usually people like to see a jump at this jump after a win he won by a neck this is probably the right level for this one and with so many other horses coming off claims and dropping down in class, listen, at 10 to 1, when they fit the class level, that's what I would like to see. So for me, it's the 8, the 10, the 11. I'll probably end up putting the 5 in as a B, though, since uh, Matt talked me into it. Race number 10 from Belmont Park, state bred maiden special weight, six furlongs on the widener. What are we doing to get paid here, Matt? I mean, look, this is one that I would go very deep if you have the opportunity or the ability to. Uh, if you're narrowing it down to just sort of a main play, I went 3-4-11 in here. Uh, I think quick power nap would be sort of my air quotes pick in here. Mm-hmm. Um, first start off, a lengthy layoff goes in now to Christoph Clement's barn, gets Lasix, Rosario's aboard. In many ways, I'm going to approach this one almost as a first-time starter, despite the fact that this one debuted at Saratoga last year and ran a solid second. Uh, behind Derry Nain, who I think is still, you know, despite the fact that she's been a little bit meh so far this year, I think she's actually quite good. Um, the four, Sinfully Sweet's not usually my cup of tea, but she does fit as far as numbers are concerned. She is the horse to beat in here. Um, but I'd be lying if I said I, I totally trusted her 0 for 6 thus far through her career. She's had opportunities and hasn't been able to punch on. Uh, and the 11, Wine Goddess, you know, I'm always interested in horses. This one goes out for Horatio to pause. You've got uh, Jose Ortiz aboard. Again, we talk about horses that are meant to do something that still do relatively well on a surface or in an instance where the connections didn't really want them. She was supposed to debut on the turf, got washed off. They ran her on a muddy sealed track. She ran a decent third. She took money that day, bet down to basically three and a half to one. She's by Cantharos. The Cantharos basically can't stand up on dirt. They're much, much better for this is what Cantharos is. Turf sprint sire. Uh, I think she's very, very interesting. If you can go a little bit deeper and you're playing with backups, the other three that I included were the two, the five, and the ten. Uh, the two is Hikaru, uh, first time starter for Jorge Abreu, and I understand the pedigree may be a little bit lackluster, and Abreu's barn's not going great, but you get Johnny V here first out of the box. Maybe you get 10, 12 to one on that one. Uh, the five, writer's room, first time starter for Linda. I usually think she does a little bit better with a little bit more time, so maybe this is a little bit... Uh, premature maybe next time will be the time for this one uh but you get Lascano aboard this is sort of the the main outfit 
for Linda here. And if you're looking for another bomber, you know, let me drink the 10. Javier's up for Bruce Levine. I know it's only a 3 8 work, uh, but the most recent one, you got a little bit of a blowout there with a bullet in 37 and 2. Um, first grass is not great, but the first time starter numbers are a positive ROI situation for Bruce Levine. So again, not suggesting they are major players, but if you have the ability and you want to go a little bit deeper in the payoff leg, these are a couple to think about. I think this is going to be leg where either I decide to single and I'll go back and add the other short price horse in the stake race, or I'll go too deep here and just stay with the single. I think quick power nap, the fact that we're going from Jorge Abreu, who's like we had said last race has been so cold. Now we go to Christoph Clement. That to me is like, it's kind of like when you're looking at an active goalie in hockey in the back of goalie and who's better. Like this to me is kind of just, I think it's such a big improvement. Not that, listen, I have nothing against Abreu. I just, Christoph Clement to me is my favorite turf trainer. He's just, he, he was the one whenever someone took chat, I always took Christoph and I had that $10 winner. It's kind of just what I've grown into. The other one I want to use is Sinfully Sweet. Trevor McCarthy from Arcassi. The, the last race, nice improvement going from six to seven. Now, obviously, going back to six, I just think that we're seeing some nice progressive improvement here. One has been on the turf more than just those two times, but maybe they finally got this one going the right way now at four for this Philly. So for me, I'm just going to go two, four, three, four here to finish up. You are obviously very deep, a little bit differing of opinion there, but as is they say in horse racing, Matt, we'll see which ticket stands supreme, or maybe neither of us stands supreme. Uh, pleasure having you on as always. Glad to have you aboard on this In the Money Media's Player Podcast. Thanks, Spencer. As we continue to progress on the road to the Woodbine Oaks and Queens Plate, be sure to check out the Grade 3 150,000 Saline Stakes and the Grade 3 150,000 Marine Stakes. The 1 and 116th mile events take place on Saturday, July 2nd, and are part of four greatest stakes on the day. For more information, please go to www.woodbine.com. And now I'd like to welcome in my next special guest on the In the Money Media's podcast players podcast it is drew Coatney. drew how are you tonight i'm doing good i'm doing good how are you this morning spencer i'm good my man just excited to get into this woodbine card we were talking a little bit off camera cards have been a little bit interesting of late but this seems like a little tough pick four sequence here yeah you know we me and nick tamaro reviewed the tough sequence last week i think we hit all four races and uh gave out uh, like a straight cold pick three or something like that for a couple hundred bucks. So it is, it is, they are tough races. And, and I think it's just getting used to the woodbine cards and the form that we typically see in those competitive big fields. So I think, I think we're going to be uh, good today to find some winners as well. I have some creative angles we might be able to take advantage of and what looks to be a pretty hard uh, sequence to separate between uh, who's going to win and who's uh, going to be plotting along at last. Let's start off with race number seven. It's an optional claiming 40,000. Seven and a half, tough distance on the turf. What are we starting off in first leg here, Drew? Yeah, I'm going to start off with the number four, Silver Magnetized at six to one. as my best value play here. Um, was actively rated last time out by the jockey and got, got into trouble getting stuck down in the rail and had nowhere to go. And then finally, when that horse gets free, starts building momentum, gets checked at the eighth pole. So with the back class form on the turf from last summer and a bunch of buyer figures that look pretty competitive with this group, I think this horse still has a right to improve. So the number four silver magnetized uh, is going to be very much so on my tickets. The other one I wanted to comment on, and I like doing this, especially at Woodbine, is looking at a runner who faced another runner, and that would be the number two and the number one. 
um, both who were completely overlooked in the betting because you had seasons in there. I think seasons got bet down to one to nine, the L and J Fox horse. But anyways, the, the number two lose, uh, lose de la Luna had a complete horrible trip stuck into the slow pace wide and a terrible break. And, Everything of, other than that looks pretty much like a carbon copy of the number one Blazing Sky when you look at the other races this one has run. So the number two, Luz de la Luna, at 15 to 1 is going to be on my tickets everywhere as well. I think there's good value to be had there. And I think the number one, Blazing Sky, I am fading because that was just a gifted pace to that runner. And then the defensive use for me, number six, Systematic at 5 to 2. Not sure really what to make of the horse, but the overall figures – uh, will definitely fit with this group and should have some tactical speed with Kimura aboard. We'll keep this one out of trouble. So the four, the long shot with the number two and the six are going to be my uses in this race. What do you have? you agree with anything there? I, I agree with that top pick. I just think that the number four silver magnetized have the best figures on turf. Alibit, the number one blazing sky, but that was a slow pace. So you can't take a couple points off for that. And we always know, from the two-year-old season that they can improve and this will be first time turf coming back three-year-old season i think that we're going to see a jump up in progression i almost want a single in this race but this race is so convoluted with other horses i wanted to also use a uh, the number three takunwa uh just the form double checks for me eight to one seven to one 26 to one hitting the board getting a w this is one that i think three starts on the turf but has the 343 tomlinson it's, it's one of the best in the fields I just don't want this one to beat me. Patrick Husband's only 8%, but was always my top Woodbine rider. I know he's always got good rides left in him there. And this is one, one of the horses that just has the best form right now. And sometimes in these type of races, you want the best type of form. I will say this for the two horses that you also talked about. Uh, Systematic being the one. It's a hard pass for me. Martin Drexler, first race off, or second race off the claim, but the first one was okay fourth 63 buyer doesn't really scare me a bunch so if this one improves it improves and gambler silver has a 263 tomlinson just doesn't scream turf to me although gambler's exchanged so far in six starts on turf sprints uh progeny are three for six so yeah. just kind of keep that in at three to one if you want to keep as an ad i definitely would not use a systematic though for sure Let's move on to race oh, interesting interesting so you are against you're fading the number six systematic altogether Let's okay. one, number eight optional claimer 32,000 six furlongs on the synth. I am uh, quite deep here with four horses. Let me see if I can add any more from you, Jer. Yeah, I'm staying sh pretty skinny here because I think there's too many that look kind of like they're fake fast, not really speedy. It's and there's really not much to differentiate between the bunch. And so, if you, yeah, I mean, this is a good kind of gambling concept. If you end up spreading across this entire field, and you're taking all of the three to ones and the two to ones and the five to twos at the top of the market, you're not really capturing any value. I get the point of the all button, but especially when we're looking at these horizontal plays, you really want to make sure that you can capture the, your opinion appropriately. So the, <clears throat> the horse I'm using is the number six imagery at 15 to one. I think this race really sets up nicely for this horse. We'll be able to stock those speeds with the number four forest drift in here. And in that horse, if, if Forrest Drift scratches, this opinion changes completely because I think a lot of those other more presser types are going to have to keep number four Forrest Drift 
honest. And I think that should set up perfectly for a closer like number six imagery who looks last year pretty similar to everyone else and had some strong morning workouts recently. And those time four figures you can find in the formulator fit in that mid nineties market as well. So we're looking pretty good at 15 to one with the number six imagery. And then the logical number seven, hard edge five to two, I don't love it because of the slow paces, but I think this horse will sit press and have the best chance to get the first jump on whoever's leading at the late. And then I'm going to fade everyone else. So just two horses for me, two lone A's, the six and the seven in this optional claimer, six furlong event. I'm going, like I said, I was going four deep. I'm not, I'm not against hard edge. I just, if I'm going to go four deep, I'm not going to go five deep with the favorite. I'm going to try and beat this one as well. 86 buyer less amount with a slow pace. Does have an 86 three back showing no problems with taking any at even faster pace. I'm going to try and beat this one. Uh, this one also five, six for six in the money, but five of six second and thirds uh, seems to be a nibbler to me. Don't really want that. I'm sticking to the inside with the one, the two and the three uh, in my opinion for me, just had a terrible slow pace last time out at nine to one still ran a pretty comparable buyer to the field has another good placing three back at 10 to one. and has a W at almost uh seven to one a couple of races back behind that this is one that i think gets forgotten a lot by the public uh not only am i using this in the pick four i'm also gonna use this one underneath an exact as definitely want to try to you know combine here with a horse at 12 to one i think sweet carolina for mark cassie and hernandez this is one that if you look two back 13 to one we're in a comparable figure of a 66 and improved next to a 70 so for me this is going to be a use as well and the last one the number three i'm a beast in for the 32,000 claiming tag, had a fast pace last time out at five and a half, which is still hard to close into 13 to one. I want to try and use some extra added value horses here. This one also three wins in the lifetime has mostly raced at Woodbine, but horse for course angle working a little bit for me as well here. Last one, but not least number eight, Dakota that 85 last time out is against a much, much weaker field than the race three back where the, where the other win happened for 25,000 N3L. If this 85 can just stack up, maybe hard hard edge is one that might run the 86, but if this one can improve off that 85 in the supper field, maybe we know we get a little bit luckier with a 12 to one shot. So a couple double digit horses, a couple nice value shots here for me in race number eight. My A's are one, two, three, and the eight. And I hate all of them. <laughs> the picks, not the horses. The horses. <laughs> so we'll we'll have a good head to head. We have everything covered. Race number nine from Woodbine, an optional at 50,000, six furlongs again on the synthetic. I'm going too deep here with my A's. I thought the number one, Galib the Great, in for the 50,000 tag. Another one that has a new buyer top last time out for, with an 82. The form is right there. This one has been really, really consistent in the last couple of months, including races at Oakland Park as well. I am going to avoid Mrs. Vancouver. This is one that I just want to skip over as well. Last race to finish second one pretty much was odds on for now 0 for 15 trainer. I'm not playing those in the pick four. I thought number three Millennium Force was very interesting. If you take off that last race on the turf, listen, a couple of the races, the optional 62, three back, that figure fits. He's got back numbers from Woodbine from last year as a four, that she has last year as a four-year-old. And I thought the number four Hazelbrook is a B, just lightly raced four-year-old, has some comparable figures as well. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm, I'm taking a somewhat opposite approach. I do like the number four Hazelbrook as well. I think the form from the three-year-old should project upward, and this horse should be right in the mix. And I think, again, the number two and the one, 
Galib the Great and Miss Vancouver, if those stay in, I think they're going to have a little bit of a pace duel on their hands and set up perfectly for the number four, Hazelbrook, who is my top choice. Next will be number two, Mrs. Vancouver. I think second off the bench. I disagree kind of with what you were saying. I think this trainer firing at 25% with a $3.77 ROI, second off the layoff. This runner looks short all day. I think the second off the layoff stat will hold up and project nicely for this runner. And then I will be using the number one, Galeeb the Great. That was a freak performance last night. I don't know if you watched the replay, Spencer, but this horse just sat back off that slow pace and just rocketed wide and going past Miss Vancouver, who, again, I think was just short, and so second off the break should be good. Uh, this will be a play I have today. I, I will ask you as we wrap up here what, what your plays would be outside of a pick four, and this would be one of mine here where I'm going to use a little bit of an exacta and do the number two over four one, um, and then press maybe the number two and the and the one a little bit more, and then just play a straight win bet on the number four Hazelbrook because we're already going to get eight to one, maybe ten to one on that odds, and try and uh, take about twenty five percent of our bankroll uh, for this pick four and push it through that. So if we're right on race nine, we'll get make sure to get paid and keep uh, keep going back to the windows. I always, I always say this, if you have play a pick four or pick five and you can find a spot where you can just do a win bet to pay for your ticket, after that, it's all gravy. Let's move yep. on to race number 10. How are we going to get paid in this one? Drew, it's a special weight, one and eight miles on the synthetic. This is the one that I kind of felt I had the best opinion in. What about you? Yeah, I, I, I'm going to start with where I'm fading, and then we'll move into some rapid fire. The number eight, Hall of Dreams. I think just continues to be a hanger and I just can't back. I think collects money because of the connections and at five to two, ugh, I just can't see it. The number seven bill needle also is what I'm going to fade. I think just had one good race and everyone's going to go run into this one to bat this horse down. I, there is nothing really differentiating this bunch for me. So I'm going to go through uh, a couple horses here in a numerical order, not necessarily preference, but the number one mad mocha uh, always, Tends to find trouble, but I think it's going to be up there. The number three, uh, Larik or Larak at eight to one gets blinkers on first start over after the long layoff should be okay at eight to one. Number five, Ralphie boy, at 15 to one slow paces looks to run a route. The number six, tough rag second start off for a horse who didn't really disappoint on debut. And then the number six, Behringer of rain at 12 to one, another runner with slow paces and decent figures. So you've got five horses to spread to the one, three, five, six, and nine. And I am fading those two short prices of the number eight Hall of Dreams and the number seven Bill Needle. That's how I'm tackling the nightcap. How are you going to get paid? Before we go to my picks, just give me your A's and B's if you can real quick. All A's, man. I, I don't think there is any way I can differentiate from B's. So I'm going one, three, five, six, and nine. And if, I, if we were looking at race nine as well as a B, the one, Galib the Great, is a B on mine. The other two are A's. For me, I am also Hall of Dreams to me, second highest horse. No thank you. Bill Needle, the fact this one has never been underneath 10 to 1. If this is the time that he gets beat at a short price, I understand it's one good race and there were slow figures in there. I just don't want this one to beat me in the pay leg, especially when we might see 3 to 1 just stay there, or 7 to 2 even. I'm going to keep this one in. The other one I would like to use is the number 2 Guard of Honor, Justin Stein. Just the last two races, nice improvement for Gail Cox as well. I just think at 54 to 1, when you run third last time out, you're kind of going in the right direction. It was also first time or first time routing on the synth. Maybe we see some improvement second time out. And I'm going bombs away here with tough rags. The 64 last time out, 
seems to be a bit of a closer, but second time improvement, if that can improve 10 points, that puts them, that one right in the sponge. So for me, it's seven and two as A's and the six as a B. I know you wanted to kind of ask what I'm doing outside of the pick four. I'm probably going to end up playing tough rags to win in this kind of spot just to make sure I can somehow pay for my ticket. And I'm definitely going to be dutching the uh, the two longer horses in race number eight as I swing back through there and I can just run them off to you. So that would be the number one, in my opinion, yeah. and the number eight, Dakota. Great. Fantastic. No, I like that. I like those plays. Yeah, and I do find it a little tough to back any runner in here with just the volatility. So I'm glad that you were able to find a double-digit price horse that, you know, sometimes this horse, this this one feels like a runner that could get that down to five to one when the market opens and we say, what the heck? What's going on here? So brace yourself. I think it'll be interesting just sequence in general. I'm glad that me and you kind of differentiate, especially in that race number eight. So pretty much we have every runner in that second leg. So when it doesn't win, hopefully someone else can get paid. I do want to thank you, Drew, for coming on and talking to me with the Woodbine late pick four. And I know we'll be talking soon. All right. Thanks, Spencer. Have a good one. And I would like to welcome in my next guest on this week's In the Money Players podcast. I'm somewhat used to saying Redboard Rewinds, almost now becoming too casual now. I've been on this show so much the last few months. It's Matt Feg Volgi going over the Lone Star late pick for how are you, my man? Doing great, man. Doing great. Good to see you again. And uh, yeah, you're just uh, you're doing everything on the In the Money Media Network. So that's great to see you. I need Pete to buy me like an In the Money Fedora hat so I can really just start fitting the uh, the the idea behind him and jk at this point but uh <laughs> how's it been? how's your handicapping been are you kind of ready for this late sequence uh yeah yeah i think it's um you know chalky in areas but i think you could find some prices uh, elsewhere so i think it might be it might be one you got to leverage the bankroll a little bit but uh no handicap has been pretty good um looking forward to saratoga man i'm telling you as soon yeah. as you start looking at that calendar until <laughs> july starts creeping into it you know what i mean you know you're almost there 100%. Let's get started with this Lone Star Park late pick four. Race number seven. It's an N1X allowance, seven and a half on the turf course. What would we like in here to start off, Matt? I'm um, going to use a few horses in here. Um, I think the, the pace to me looks pretty, pretty hot. So, um, but on the, on the other hand, you know, this, you know, this, uh, this course certainly has been uh, playing kindly to uh, to speed. So I'll start with, yeah, I would say probably the number 10 would be uh, where, where I would start here again, very competitive against this level. I think comes in against a softer group today should be forwardly placed from, from the 10 hole as well. Uh, like I said, this horse is proven to go gate, gate to wire as well, and also take some pace on uh, as well. So I, I think the 10 uh, Brock on by is going to be one that uh, I'm going to, I'm going to look to play as, as a speed type uh, one that eventually I think might actually sit the best trip would be the six uh, Cairo warrior. And, and the reason why I say, I think there could be some pressure from the four, uh, ready to roll as well. So I think you could see some some pace up front where I think uh, Kyra Warrior can just sit there and and have that nice run uh, in the stretch. So it's shown that the ability to, to rate, shown the ability to go to the lead. Uh, so again, that's horse. That's another horse I'll use as an A. So the 10 and 6 will be A's. I also thought the 3 um, on my arching way is interesting as well. Just might have too much to do um, in, in, a, in a race like this going 7.5, but does have, you know, Solid late pace figures has also shown some early pace. Uh, certainly, will need to step up a bit today. But again, as talented as uh, as any others in here for uh, for Broberg, so um, I certainly would uh, use the uh, the three uh, on my arching way. And then 
I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of toying with the idea of still including ready to roll. This horse again could shake loose. It could be one of those where they look at each other and one goes and one doesn't. So I don't want to lose a uh, 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 projected speed off of there. So I'm going to use the, uh, the 10 and six as a's. I'm going to back up with the three and the four. I feel like it was, it was funny. I was like, Oh, we're going to go over this exact same horses I have. So this is, this is going to be this part of the podcast. Uh, <laughs> I, I will say real quick with uh, the number three, I, listen, the Louisiana downs form and the, uh, Evangeline Downs form. I just don't know. So if this one's going to beat me, I, I know how good Broberg and Eichelberry are together. I'm going to pass on that one. But the other three that you mentioned, the 10, I just think Brock on by with Goncalves, just back to back 78 has a 79 before that. Sam Houston, listen, eight, six for eight in the money on turf. This one knows that they want to be on turf in the last two races, losing by less than the length. Maybe they're just unlucky. This seems to be the right one to, uh, Get the job done. I thought exactly what you thought with Kara Warrior based on the pace. This one's slowly improving. And listen, has the same type of races the last two times out. But at five and six to one, I like that price a lot better than what we're going to get on that 10. And ready to roll at 10 to one was kind of going to be my bomber. This one, the last race, three by three, was the favorite. I think now gets into a saltier bunch, but sometimes these can get forgotten. And listen, Calhoun at 29% is uh, nothing to uh, shake your tail at. 10 six. Are the A's for me? The four will be a B, though, to back it up to start off on this late pick four. Two-year-old racing. Race number eight at Lone Star Park. Maiden special eight. Five furlongs on the dirt. I saw these races, and I was like, yowza. What a cluster. What like yeah, that? it could be. Again, it could be one of those where it can be very difficult. And, uh, again, another feature I love on, uh, on race lens is the ability in a couple of clicks to get all of the information you need when it comes to first time starters. Um, again, you can find uh, trainer stats. You could find uh, sire, dam, uh, jockey stats, all literally just by clicking on the research button. You can pull up all of that information and also dig into the charts as well. So if you want to dig into any charts, whether that's trainer, whether that's uh, whether that's the sire, dam, uh, however you want to do it, all of that information is right there at, at a single click. With all of that said, I'm going to go with a horse that's run already. And it's going to be a lone A. I just, again, using that research function, I couldn't really come up with much that I can really sink my teeth in. So it's one of those where, to me, either you try to buy the race and, and get lucky or do you just kind of, you know, lean on, lean on a horse. And I think it's going to be a very popular horse. Probably it's nine to five on the morning line. It's, it's going to take most likely a lot of money unless I see something in the doubles that tells me differently of, of a first time starter that is, that is taking money. Um, but that's going to be the eight straight luck. And, and again, I just, I like this horse effort showed speed. You know, I've said many times on, on these airwaves with, with you and, and with Pete first time starters. I love a horse that can get to the gate, get in the gate and get out of the gate. Right. Did all three showed a lot of speed. I got, got caught up in a bit of a duel going, uh, going four and a half, gave it up late comes back in, you know, 36 days. That tells me the horse is still in, in, in good form. Um, I think any kind of improvement off of that is going to destroy this field. But uh, again, not much to go off of for some of the other horses. Interesting if you had any firsters that you like, but my lone A, no Bs, nothing else. I'm going to, I'm going to sink or swim with the, uh, the eight straight luck. Well, listen, it's strange in these type of races, especially at these, listen, they're, they're, they're lower level tracks in the major A tracks that we talk about. Backbeat, they paid 150,000 for it. That's a lot when then you run for 33,000 purse. So I think that they thought a lot of this one just to end up being the same. I'm using the eight. I don't want to go too deep in this race, but I'm not letting a guy who has a 62% trainer stat with limited sample size. That being number three, Choi Garza YG. 
Uh, Edgar Mendoza is 62% over eight starts with a four dollar ROI. I don't usually you see two for four, you know, three for six. I mean, 62%. I can't remember the last time I've seen that in the form. Uh, this one's going to go on as a B. I'll probably even put a little bit of win money on. God only knows. We, everyone who watched two-year-old racing, it's kind of like deer on ice skates is the best way I can put it when they come out of the gate being so green. So I'm definitely going to use this 20 to one shot as well, just pre, primarily based on that trainer stat. If he goes anything lower, 15 to one, because people see that trainer stat completely off. And obviously, can't really worry about that in the pick four. So I have to include still, but at least it won't be extra money on the win bet if this horse all of a sudden goes down to eight to one for some unbeknownst reason. But eight, and the uh, three for me to uh, start off here. Yeah, and again, take a take a peek at those uh, those will pays. Are usually uh, again, I know Lone Star could be a little bit different, but uh, like your your Belmont Saratogas, you get a really good idea of um, you know what that price will look like. But like you said, if if you're looking to see if the horse taking any money whatsoever, you're going to see a, a relative uh, payoff in those doubles. So that's something to to, to pay attention to. Uh, you know, going into uh, going into the, the start of the sequence, get an idea of what you want to play for for this leg here. If you were excited for one two-year-old race, guess what? Race number nine means special weights, five furlongs on the dirt. It's another two-year-old race this time for the Phillies. Listen, I, I went to DPR, Santa Fe Gold, another one they spent good money on. The last two workouts have been really, really, really well. Alvarez, 19%. Calhoun, like we had talked about in the first leg, not going to let those two beat me. And then Diodoro, 22%, $3 ROI. Gets probably one of the top riders there in Eichelberry for me. I'm using those two and moving on. Yeah, I'm I'm similar with looking at uh, Santa Fe Gold. Um, just a lot of numbers pointing this direction. So where I looked at all that research and and found nothing in the last race, you know, found quite a bit here. Uh, like you like you met with Calhoun. I just you know again 21% with two year olds, 16% first time starters. Then I dug a little bit deeper to look at you know just just strip out just the first time starters, just two year olds. And hitting that twenty percent, uh, heading as positive twenty percent ROI. So, again, getting them home and also getting some prices there as well. So, Santa Fe Gold is uh, is a horse I'm definitely going to use uh, here. And then, yeah, I'm going to use uh, you know viewing trail as well. Just again, I, I like an, an effort getting involved first time out. Wheels back in just sixteen days, so they certainly feel this horse is again is in form and can run, and want to get this uh, want to get this filly back on the track again. So um, I'll, I'll use the one and the seven uh, as A's, and then um, the eight new destiny I, I'm going to throw in there as well. Um, again, if you look at it from on Gelders and for in terms of training, you know twenty percent in uh, dirt sprints, forty three percent made in special weight. So could be the right spot, right fit. Something this uh, trainer does extremely well. So again, another challenging race, but I'm going to try to, to, to get by with a few one and seven as A's and I'll back up with the eight. It's one to the pay leg race number 10 from Lone Star Park and one X allowance seven and a half on the turf course, kind of a daunting distance. I believe I am three or four deep in this leg. How are we getting paid, Matt? Yeah, this is another, uh, this is another tough one. Again, I see, uh, I see a bit of pace. So uh, let's see what is time, time form has it fast as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, again, I, I think, and I don't like any of the the horses that are really forwardly placed here. Um, so I yeah. think something that's mid pack, something that's got some late kick to it. Um, I think Great and Red is one of those horses. Can, I think can set a perfect trip, uh, saving ground and making a nice big run. Late seven and a half has not proven to be the best for, for this horse, but again, I think it's a perfect setup. It gets the uh, gets the right group here. Um, you know, a couple horses that that I'll I'll throw in uh, coming off the pace. The uh, the number eight. 
Street Shadow, just in terms of my own figures, a monster late pace figure for this horse. Again, it's really going to come from far out of it. Don't like that. But if this race completely melts down, which it might, it might suck up some other horses to, to the front end. I think this horse can show some really, really nice late pace and, and pick up the pieces at a, at a monster price as well. Another horse I, I would include that, uh, you know, if you use the uh, the true odds algorithm of, of, of Racelands, uh, kind of gives the AI approach to it that we talked about last time. Um, this is this is their best value horse of the sequence. Um, they put a fair value of six to one on this horse uh, relative to a 15 to one morning line. I just, in a field like this, something different. Um, this horse has shown a bit of talent, um, you know, shown some interest getting to the turf for the first time. So I like I like that in, in this particular group. Um, so again, I think this filly can be competitive here. Uh, showed some 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 late pace, but uh, you know, the one's going to be uh, my A. So so great and red is going to be my my lone A. I'm going to back up with the eight and five, just on coming off the pace and see if this race uh, might uh, might collapse. Like I said, I'm, I'm three four deep. I'm I'm three deep. Uh, great and red. Those races for Cesar Govea, 70, 67, and sixty six. I thought fit really well in here, and then obviously. Those one was at Houston, one was at Lone Star, and then had a 77 at that Evangeline Downs race. I just feel like this one from the rail, we all know sometimes the rail is the best place to be, sometimes on the turf, saving all that ground. I thought a uh, glittery had some good races on the turf as well. Just kind of seems to be that high 60 to low 70 horse. That if for some reason great and red doesn't get back to that 77, it's kind of anyone's race at that point. But the one I'm most excited about, the number that would be my top pick is Ant Gem. Uh, Steve Asmussen, this one just seems to be slowly improving 50 not, with a 54 and a 64. If they can get another hot pace, like you said, that one seemed to hold out pretty well there, 8-1 to one last time. So Ant Gem for me will be my top pick, 7-1-3 and three in preference here to cap off this Lone Star late pick four. Matt, as always, pleasure to have you on. Look forward to uh, talking in the future. Awesome. Great, uh, great uh, being here, and uh, thanks for having me. Fixed odds betting powered by BetMakers is back and in effect at Monmouth Park. And the early returns are fantastic with 70% of winners paying more on fixed odds than they are on the tote. Soon fixed odds wagering will be available throughout the state. This is an exciting new way to bet that really puts the power to get value in your hands. The odds you bet are the odds you get. You'll be continuing to hear a lot more about fixed odds betting opportunities across the In The Money Media Network. And I'll end this podcast the right way. I have my man, Nick Tamaro, coming on to talk the early pick five from Monmouth Park. Nick, how have you been? I'm doing great, Spencer. Good to see you. Good to hear from you. And uh, excited to get about another Saturday at Monmouth. Let's start off with race number one. Fun little opener. Optional 16. Star allowance. Six furlongs on the dirt. As we always know, speed is deadly at Monmouth. What did we kind of come up in this race? You know, this this particular race looked to me like the one get the W would more or less dominate. Maybe not necessarily the wagering, but he looks like a horse who's going to be pretty tough to handle. He's coming in off of a, a series of really good races claimed by this relatively unknown, you know, but good trainer in Halim Lee who took him back for a 10,000 in April. And he's run three very good races since then. I know there's, I'm a little dubious of the parks form at times, it does make me a tad nervous, but this horse looks like he's better than, than his competition here. The main rival is the uh, Paco Lopez charge, uh, commanding general on the outside for Kieran McGee. One one other than last time out at Charlestown, now getting some class relief. We'll see if he's as uh, effective 
you know, it, it's a, becomes a question of, do you trust parks for more than Charlestown? I do. Um, so I would take, I would take the rail horse over commanding general and, and go with get the W, but I really don't know as far as the pick five goes, how much you need to go beyond those two. I, I think you kind of just spoke my language right there. I, I love, first of all, this race, these little optional allow, optional star allowances types that mix in there, all these different horses. First of all, who thought we'd get Charlestown and parks form in a mammoth race to uh, tr- try and decide. I, I agree with you so much. Uh, the fact that, this trainer is reclaiming as well. I think that's such an underutilized idea because first of all, people read the form top to bottom, not bottom. And they don't really see all the old trainers until they get six or seven races now, but not many of us do that. Well, I, I love get the W. I think it's going to be a nice, easy single to get this started in this early pick five race. Number two at Monmouth park maiden claiming 10,006 furlongs on the dirt. Kind of thought an idea with number two, Rowdy Akalaki, just on the class drop. You know, I, I think in these maiden bottom level events, you really want to look for class drop with horses that haven't lost already at the level. Yeah, look, the horse obviously has gate issues, but, you know, the connections are being smart, dropping him right to the bottom, kind of looking to get him where he can be competitive or get him out the door. I don't know who's taking this horse for 10, even as a jersey bred, because there are some opportunities to make money owning a jersey bred. I mean, this is a hold your nose and make some picks and move on kind of leg. The, the morning line favorite is the one nobody secret who will probably end up going off favorite for Claudio Gonzalez. And uh, that horse inspires no confidence whatsoever coming in off a miserable effort for 12-5. However, 12-5 maiden claimers at Gulfstream, 10 maiden claimers at Mammoth. You know, that's probably a pretty clear class drop stack on top of it that um, this is a, an even weaker than par 10 maiden claimer. So the concern to me about that horse is that uh, she doesn't really have much speed. And, and I think for that reason, you kind of have to feel obligated to use the four just stuff it, who's a daughter of Jumpstart for Derek Ryan. This is a barn that's had modest success with firsters. This is simply a they're all not very good type of play, right? The experienced runners leave a lot to be desired. So I think you're going to want to use just stuff it. I could also make a case for using pearls and heels for uh, Jerry Hollendorfer, who is is doing well at the meet. This horse ran, I thought, a credible race last time out. Um, no, nothing against the triple bug, but it's an upgrade at uh, jockey to Isaac Castillo. And I think you could see this horse run a little bit better, at least has some speed also, and comes in off a fast workout. I know I started talking about the number two. Just stuff it also going to be on my ticket as an A. I just, like you had said, when none of the horses with form look like they can run, take the first time starter. Also, another saucy six. I'm not one that usually likes to take 0 for 10 maidens, but just to kind of have all my bases covered, a 5, 32, 40 increase on the buyer. You never know when they get down to this kind of level if we can see another boost of improvement there. Let's move on to race number three from Monmouth Park is the claiming 16 to 14,000. Now we're two lifetime beaten claimer. Condition, one on one miles on the turf. I thought this race was going to be quite contentious when I first started to look through it. I only came up with two, that being the seven little red button, kind of dropping it off the allowance race, and Emperor's Little Lady, one that I just saw a nice improvement getting back on the turf second turnout for Russell Cash. Yeah, I, I like Empire's First Lady as well. This is a big drop, too, 30 down to 16. And uh, she's got that good time form U.S. running line last time out, sitting off a slow pace, ended up making up some ground. Good upgraded jockey, too, to Jomar Torres, veteran rider who uh, has ridden well on the turf. Turf's not really Russell Cash's game. I'm not overly concerned about that. I think this horse gets a much better setup. The horse you mentioned, Little Red Button, is likely the pace setter. Just really depends on how much pressure comes from the outside with the upper sleeve and Nick Juarez 
breaking from the far outside. You could see that horse showing a decent amount of speed as well. I thought the 10 Real Wild Solution was one that I might try to squeeze in there somewhere. Maybe not necessarily as an A, but I like the improvement shown last time out. I wonder maybe even especially in early season claiming races, if the Tampa form holds up particularly well, because the uh, the Tampa claimers are a pretty hardened group and they've got pretty exposed form. So we kind of know what they end up being. Look, I mean, this is a one for 18 mare. She's not fond of the winner's circle, but she's in form. And I think at these levels, that really ends up meaning more than anything else. I, I think too, I thought as I looked through this field the first time, the more horses I found, the more pace I thought there could end up being, which is why uh, Empire's First Lady really offered a pretty good amount of appeal. So under race number four from Monmouth Park, an optional 25,000 N2X, mile and 70 on the dirt. I only need one in here. Give me Paco on the rail, class drop. Not one that has shown too much speed last time out on the turf, but I think that if you kind of look back through, got some good numbers and also – that's a pretty big class drop when we're talking about Belmont turf form, even though it is on the dirt at Monmouth. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I mean, it, this is supposed to be simple, right? This horse is supposed to go to the lead and, and never look back. And I mean, he's loaded with good form from New York. Um, in fact, he, he really, it, I don't think it's fair to say he held his form after he got claimed by Patrick quick, he actually improved and he was yeah. a horse that was, you know, these are interesting horses to claim because, you know, he's a horse that had kind of always hinted at having ability. And then the day they claimed him, he actually ran one of his best races ever. So, you know, you're, you're truly getting him on the way up. And, and I think he ran well. I also don't think he's a turf horse. So I yeah. think his last two efforts both just go to show you that he's in really, really good form right now. And uh, this just looks like a golden opportunity for Paco to take him wire to wire. I don't know if when push comes to shove, he's probably as effective around two turns as he is one. That's splitting hairs. I'm not overly worried about that. If you are, then the horses you're going to use as backups are the three and six, and you're just going to go on with it because there's really not much contention beyond that. Let's go on to the pay leg at Monmouth Park. Race number five, made and claiming 16,000, one and one sixty miles on the turf. Nick, how are we getting paid in what I thought was, you know, a nice concise ticket here in the big five? Yeah, I mean, this is the one where you can probably stretch the budget a little because the horse to beat is perpetual change. And, and, and the problem with perpetual change is that he drew the 11, you know, he's, he's 0 for 9. There's a lot to dislike. He and Urban Beach ran very similar races last time out. Perpetual change maybe ran a little bit better because he was a little bit closer, and that was a race run at a pretty strong early pace. So I would upgrade him just a tad. Um, Urban Beach goes out for Mike Dini, who's been very unlucky at the meet, but is 0 for 34 coming in. So you're concerned a little bit. Have to be about that barn just going so cold right now. Henry III is a horse I'm going to use. Pace compromised last time out. Didn't really offer much. That's my big worry. But this horse has synthetic races going back that make him competitive. I would include him for that reason alone. I could also see um, probably finding a way to use Lagerfeld, who was fourth in the race at Urban Beach and Perpetual Change Exit. And he probably ran better or at least as well as both of them, given where he was early. That was a race run at a pretty strong early clip. And he's going to be forward. He has an inside post there drawn on the outside. So any combination of those four for me, um, if I can get a live to all four of them, I'd be thrilled. I got the eight, three, twelve. Which horse am I missing here? I don't think you're missing anybody. Um, I, I would use the eleven is the other one um, that I would include, but and I'd probably just use them all as A's because we're going to single famished, 
And I'm going to single the one in the first race. So, I mean, this is one where, you know, you're going pretty thin along the way to end up having some possibilities in the, in the last leg. I think I'm going to, I had, I had two of your four, I guess I'll include the eight and the 12 as well. I like your fault's my top pick. I am worried about the 0 for 9 mm-hmm. and the wide post uh, for our favorite there. But Lagerfeld, to me, has had some faster paces. Listen, a lot of tries at the level, but I think when you come to a race like this, it's kind of like the, the finale at Naira every single day. It's 26,000 you know, maiden, maiden claimers going a mile and a quarter on the grass. No one knows what's going to happen. I definitely want to use that one as my top pick. And then Perpetual Change is my second pick. Uh, Kelly Bream, we know how good this one is. Paco, I'm not going to, in a pay leg, I'm not leaving off connections that can win races. I'll also include the eight and 12. Totally agree. I think that's a great approach. And uh, I mean, hopefully we get to that point. I want to thank my special guest, Nick Tamara, for coming on and closing out this podcast with me. Nick, thank you so much. Anytime, my friend. Good luck, Spencer. Talk to you soon. And that is all the time we have for today's In the Money Players podcast. I want to thank all my special guests. Matt Bike Volgi with the Lim Star late pick four. Drew Cotney with Woodbine's late pick four. Nick Tamaro talking the early pick five at Monmouth. And Matt Bernier, always fun to go over the Naira pick six. And then uh, Craig just cut this together. Just kind of took a big pause there. Just doing a brain fart. Um, coming back three, two. One. And my name is Spencer Lugenbuehl. May you win all your photos.